Are we recording? Oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Like, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich and a net. Okay, so for today's spiral out episode, we will um, we're going to be going through a topic um, that it, it's uh, it's relevant to me mostly. Uh, the four of us here, um, the idea being um, for people that end up uh, I wouldn't say leaving, but um, pretty much uh, they put behind them the idea of competing in CrossFit for the time being or forever. For me personally, it'll be the time being because I know myself I will want to um, come back to doing CrossFit in some capacity and competing because I just I like it a lot but uh, the main topic today is what makes someone uh, leave that environment and go to an environment in which um, uh, predominantly it's it's a single modality sport so what makes people leave CrossFit mixed modal and move into a different sport and generally what types of sports are they going into um, so I have a, I had a few friends that I messaged and I asked them, uh, I asked them a couple questions or just to give me their, their input, um, as to why they left and, and went to, and went on to pursue what they're doing. In some cases, uh, people left it all together. So they don't do, they don't do mixed modal work whatsoever anymore. CrossFit at all. Uh, I'm just going to say CrossFit cause I'm sick of saying both. So they don't do CrossFit anymore. Um, and then, but then some people still do a little bit of it, uh, and some people still do quite a bit of it and they still like doing it. So we're going to try to compile basically the, the commonalities, uh, amongst these people. And we're also going to try, um, I'm not going to try, uh, I will read out certain sections of their, uh, answers because I think they're, um, they're, they're quite illustrative of the point that I was trying to get across here. So first off, the question or the basic, um, the basic idea I was asking these people to respond to was, um, so this is what I wrote to them. I am planning to do a podcast surrounding the topic of previous CrossFit comp, uh, competitors moving away from the sport. Specifically, the idea of moving away from a mixed modal sport, that being CrossFit, to a single modal sport. Um, for example, running, biking, weightlifting. Uh, I have a decent discussion planned, but would like some input from others. If you could please give me a few details about what you enjoy most about the single modality sport you are you settled on, why that one, why does this single modality draw you in more than a sport with multiple modalities, that being CrossFit. Uh, and I guess so. The the premise being the two things being why people leave CrossFit in one in one idea, and the next thing being. Uh, I wanted to understand why people knowingly leave something that has lots of variety within it to move to something that, you know, uh, um, just if, for people that don't, if they don't understand, if the people don't understand the sport that these people moved into, it would seem that there's no variety uh, within it. So you move from CrossFit to weightlifting, you go, why would you do that? Like, it seems really boring. There's not, there's no, there's nothing to do. Or why would you leave a sport like CrossFit where you can, you know, do deadlifts and biking to just doing cycling why would you do that this seems like really weird um yeah so i, I think uh yeah so that that's really the two main things people leaving and then um 
and then the variety aspect of it is because I, I think that's a really common thing in my head when I think about it as to what makes people leave that. Um, and like we've mentioned before amongst ourselves, we'll probably do a, we'll do a podcast where we talk about the opposite as well, where people go from uh, single modality sports into CrossFit and why they did that. So um, I think, uh, what do we want to do? Do we want to read out some people's points first? And do we want to go through the, the, the commonalities after? Is that what we want to do? Yeah, and we can just discuss uh, certain points that they made. You mean? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I guess this will probably take a this will take a couple minutes, but <clears throat> please listen along. Um, I've only highlighted certain sections of people's comments, as we, um, as I think these are quite representative of the overall trend. So this individual um, ended up moving into uh, cycling, specifically uh, uh, like mountain biking and downhill and endurance biking. So the main comment from this individual uh, was the more time on the saddle, the more, the more improvements I see riding once or twice a week uh, won't work to improve my FTP, which is functional threshold power uh, or improving my cornering or improving my body positioning on the bike or getting my bike suspension settings, tire pressure dialed properly to my needs. So I want to spend more time on the bike, whether it's indoors or on rollers or outside. What I like about it most is the long epic bike rides. I really enjoy nerding out on bike gears, trends, technology. Um, I especially like riding uh, specific uh, trails in terms of riding steep, loose, uh, sketchy trails and exploring the great outdoors on two wheels. The list goes on. Um, the next person, uh, this person moved from uh, CrossFit to running. There was a lot of factors that aligned for me to settle on running in particular, and I'm going to try and go through as many of them as I can for you. But if I had to boil everything down, I would say this. I enjoy being great at one thing more than being great at lots of things. The next point was the way I have my training set up right now, most of my weekday runs are slow and easy. I just get my stuff together and start, and I'm done in an hour, hour and a half. It feels more therapeutic than it feels like training on those days. The next point from this same person, uh, there is something about running, there's something about running and finding that line. Repeating the same thing over and over again that I love and I can't, or sorry, to say that again, repeating the same thing over and over again that I love and I can't quite explain it. The mixed work, that being CrossFit, um, it scratched the same itch uh, for me, but when I didn't have to, when I don't have to think about movements, technique, or counting reps, it's just different. Running is just breathing and pace. It's just a singular focus. It's predictable. It becomes robotic. There is that zone you get into or flow or whatever you want to call it, but it seems to be natural with running. Uh, the next person, this person moved from uh, CrossFit to cycling as well, and I believe it's mountain biking downhill as well. So single modal, single modal sports, to me, give the same in-depth attention as CrossFit, but almost to another degree. For the sports I've been involved in now, mountain biking, cross and mountain biking being cross-country um, and enduro racing, as well as triathlons and some adventure races, uh, the details for proper positioning, technique, timing, fitness relative to the sport, etc., it requires a lot of attention to detail. They each have their own unique approach. For example, mountain biking, you need to be constantly thinking about cadence, line of choice, 
when to attack, when to be conservative, when to recover. Being in tune with what your bike does, there's really, there's really no time to think. It's almost meditative in a way. Their next comment was perhaps, and uh, related to moving from CrossFit to cycling was perhaps I was in search of becoming a beginner at something again. There's always some, there's always been a real, that's always been a real treat, learning something from the ground up and seeing how much better I can get, whether that has been CrossFit or enduro races. Uh, last individual, again, move from competitive CrossFit into weightlifting. I love the simplicity of weightlifting. One, one kilogram on your total is an easy measurement to track uh, progress. I personally had a hard time tracking progress in CrossFit. It was fun. I like, uh, I felt like an athlete that could do almost anything, but ultimately I wanted to be really good at one thing while my body can handle it. Okay. So that's all the comments that I've compiled from, uh, everyone's responses. And for those people that did, you know who you are. Um, thanks so much for your taking the time to do that. So the first point we'll discuss, uh, is something that I've, um, what really brought me to this is the idea of the variety versus the depth. And the idea being, um, which I kind of, um, uh, I kind of discussed in the intro is that, um, like, though, again, like a sport, like running, the variety comes in, it comes in, in the, it's sort of the variety is in different ways than that is in, uh, in CrossFit. So simple ideas with running as to where the variety comes in. Um, it's in where you run, it's in the pace you run. It's in, uh, like what it's like outside when you run the duration, whatever. There's tons of variety within it, but specifically the modality itself is not changing ever. It's just running. And that's what you're doing. You put your shoes on, you're running. Uh, some people don't put shoes on. That's different. Um, but with CrossFit, the whole, the, it's, it's based on the idea of mixed modal and having lots of options and lots of modalities. But one of the things that is obvious when you start thinking about this is that each of those modalities do not possess the same amount of depth as these other uh, individual sports that people go to. So swimming, biking, running, either on their own or together, each one of those modalities has a lot more depth to them than, than, than another modality found in CrossFit that isn't one of those things. So think of the depth and the amount of research that can go into it, uh, the amount of time perfecting it, the amount of technology involved in the sport of just cycling uh, for that one modality compared to all balls. Okay, just a, a, you start comparing these modalities because in CrossFit, these things can show up side by side. So they seemingly, they can seem seemingly uh, relative of relative importance. But when you just actually focus on the one modality itself, um, uh, an event like cycling has a lot more depth to it uh, than something, again, like wall balls, like thrusters, like walking lunges or that type of stuff. Um, so I guess the idea, what I think about it is that the combination of those modalities is what's required um, to, to kind of, I guess, to, to kind of create the experience within CrossFit and the idea of pushing yourself hard um, and, and kind of what engages people in it. And just kind of rambling here, but the, I'm just trying to make sure people understand the point of what I'm talking about is that um, individual sports possess a lot of depth to them. There's a lot to that one modality that you're engaging in over and over. And that's, and the reason people engage in it over and over and they make and they turn their lives around to do it is because those modalities possess that ability. They have a lot of depth to them. And that's why people do it. If they didn't, they, the likelihood people would leave something like CrossFit to move to that 
somewhat that sport would be very low. Okay, comments on that. So the two things being like the variety aspect moving from a sport with lots of modalities to a sport with no moda or one modality per se. Weightlifting, there's two lifts, but you know, the basic idea of being it's a barbell. I think there's some people that are more inclined to be like that, that really want to to focus in on on something and perfect it, let's say. Whereas I know some people who um, will never, ever, ever want to do that. It's just their their mindset is very different. So they're never going to go into a very specific perfectionist kind of mentality. Yeah. Yeah, I think for the, like, for, for me, from my experience, like, if someone, like, I don't know anything about mountain biking. So for me to, like, if, to, to try and re understand why someone leaves CrossFit that has a lot of variety to go to mountain biking, it seemed like it would be, it'd be boring. And I know it's, like, it's, it's probably a rush. And there's a huge adrenaline that you would get from mountain biking and whatnot. But just in terms of, like, the comment that that one person made about, like, you know, knowing how to corner, knowing my body position on my bike when I'm cornering, the amount of tire pressure I need on my bike if I'm on this train versus if I know I'm riding on this train, like all those things, all those little nuances create that depth that to me, when I think of mountain biking, I'm like, you're either riding up the mountain or you're riding down the mountain. Yeah. And that's, you know oh. what I mean? It's, it's so to hear them say that, and it, it kind of allows me to understand like the depth and the, the research and the knowledge you need to have in order to really pursue that and pursue it well and if you're going to be competitive in it those are the things you need to do obviously yeah so again this is i we meant i mentioned this to you guys uh last time i believe when we were just chit-chatting um the way i the way i explain that is kind of like um when you when you're when you're reading the mountain biking book uh, and you open it up you don't understand that there's thousands of pages to read um but when you read a wall ball book it's four pages long that's the idea in terms of you trying to understand the depth of the movement and how much there is to understand about it and how much there is to experience within it. When you think about mountain biking, as an example, there, like you, you finish the first chapter and you're like, holy shit, I didn't know any of this. And now I have a whole new thing to learn and I have a whole new way of understanding this random thing of going down a hill. And now I have to figure out like, again, so like what, what, what we're getting at here is that the, the idea that there's so much more to this one single thing is that, and that's, that seems to be what's driving him in, in, in that comment he made about, well, these are all the details I nerd out on. And you're like, I didn't even know those were details, <laughs> but those are things that are extremely important to this person. Once you engross yourself into that one, one thing, which from an, from a, coming from the idea of like, you know, doing deadlifts and riding a biker or riding an air bike, it just seems different, right? It's, it's hard to think about that. And it's hard, it's hard to get on that same wavelength as that person. And because they obviously create a lot of value in that. And so it's hard to think about it that way. Tom? Um, I'm trying to think of how to word this question the right way. But the fact that, you know, mountain biking, has so many nuances as far as Scott pointed out the turning, et cetera. It takes an incredible amount of time to get to that. Would you say, or can you even think of a scenario in CrossFit where it's the same way where there's like a bunch of these nuances to details? Because I think it's just how you pointed out, like the wall wall book has four pages and the handstand book or like handstand walk book may have eight pages, et cetera. But I don't know if there's that, depth to any single 
movement or part of CrossFit that people can find. Yeah, but that's the crux of what we're talking about here is that right. people only leave CrossFit to move to those long books. Yeah. Generally, they leave CrossFit um, and like to move to modalities within CrossFit that have these long stories to them. Generally. Right. And again, there's, there'll be, there'll be uh, people that, like I said, there'll be people that move to go to hacky sack or something. I'm sure hacky sack is like super in depth that I just don't know about, but um, it seems like a really common thing is people move from uh, mixed modal stuff, CrossFit to uh, running, cycling, uh, weightlifting, maybe almost the most, most popular ones. Maybe I'm sure I'm missing some. Yeah. I think every, well, not everything. Wall balls have a, have a limit, but a lot of the pieces of the mixed modal, you can go into depth, but you don't have time. You got, you, you have X okay, so amount of time. I'm going to push you on that. So what depth is there on wall balls? Just to pick, um, to pick on that one thing. So yeah. once you get past the point where you understand how to do it, you could do 150 in a row. Okay. Now what? It's getting to 150 in a row. Yeah. Like that. I did. I you're, did you're, you, you, you've maxed out. You're done. You don't need to ever do it again. Like you, you've perfected it you you love to see it come up in the workout because it's easy and it's a resting part because it because yeah. you know you're going to blow by your competition yeah. with it so it's a competitive aspect as to what yeah. drives it then because you're like i've yeah. mastered this skill i'm looking forward to it so i guess maybe somewhat similar to someone in a running race where like i'm really good at this particular aspect of running like maybe running the hills so i'm super excited for the hill section to come around because i'm good that's where i'm really going to beat people yeah. um like as a parallel right but um one of the one of the arguments i would make is like the real enjoyment in wall balls comes from obviously you, you develop capacity, ability with them, proficiency, but then your ability to perform them in any combination possible and to yeah. perform them to the same standard. Right. And then put the, putting them in different, uh, in different variations or different, uh, ways. I've, I've liked, I've liked exploring movements that allow transferability. So learning how to do wall balls in a way that transfers directly to my ability to catch cleans. Um, like trying to trying to use a movement to train other movements. That's where I went with it. So it was it was something yeah. like even box jumps. It would be like okay, catch the catch your position the same that you would do if you're catching a power clean. Like just training a movement to improve other movements was about as far as I could go with it. And I tr I still try to get people to do that because it's very effective. But you don't. Yeah. I don't think you have time because you got to get it done and get on the next piece yeah. and then we your also body's don't, yeah we also don't have time, so we have to move on too <laughs> <laughs> okay so the first point being uh, the variety aspect and the depth of the modalities um the next idea uh we kind of touched on and we kind of need to make sure we don't get stuck on these because we got eight things to cover um the threshold concept of moving from a sport like uh crossfit where you can you can be involved in the sport and try to get better at it even when you're good at it um like you can be you can be a complete newbie and just know how to do like oh i learned how to do snatches and I so you can still partake because you can there's ways to devise competitions that are appropriate for you uh, and events that are appropriate for you you can still participate it can be it can be it can be uh scaled down big time and it can also be amped up big time so it kind of has a, it, there's obviously a certain threshold um, to be able to perform um, or be able to engage in the tasks, but it can really be scaled down. And the same idea I think applies when people generally leave that scenario of CrossFit and they move out of it 
they also tend in my in the people we've asked they move to sports and where your ability can be very low and then you can go build up from there meaning you don't have to go into it being already really good right there's there's the ability to be bad at it and still kind of you know interact in a normal scenario with everyone else and go like okay well i'm still i'm in the same gym as everyone i'm just doing the different workouts so it makes sense as opposed to like um again like you go to a gymnastics uh facility you're like yeah i just kind of stand over here and i don't know what i do i kind of just run around on the mats <laughs> um but um, so it's it's, it's kind of a, a hard thing to explain but uh, i would uh, i guess i would just my my un my um uneducated opinion on that would be um, that if you're that if you're going to engage in certain tasks or certain sports you're really only going to go from crossfit to those sports if you currently possess a high level of ability in them um so again the i one of the one of the examples i gave earlier is like hockey if you're going to if you're a 35 year old guy you might go from crossfit to wanting to try to play rec league hockey but if you've never done it before i don't know that that's going to engage you right as opposed to going, I'm going to go into like maybe jujitsu because there's, I can be really bad and people can, and I can have someone help me. And it's going to be a really good process of learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. Um, and the other part of it being people generally go into individual sports. Okay. So the two things there, individual sports, and then the, the idea of the threshold idea of going like um, what, what endeavors you move into. Could you see someone going from CrossFit into speed skating instead of hockey? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm sure, again, I'm sure some people do. And like, obviously the, whenever someone starts a sport, they start at a base level generally and they build up. Um, but I'm saying taking the idea of someone who who's leaving a somewhat competent ability in CrossFit um, and they're like, you know, 30, 40 years old, probably, what are they going to go do? But I think the difference between like cycling versus hockey is this just like the, uh, the skill level of it, right? Like to develop those skills in hockey takes years and years and years to, to get to a certain point. And whereas like the barrier of entry for cycling is super easy. I just have to sit on a bike and be able to balance myself. Yeah. So, um, that's what I mean, like, so the, that's what I meant by the, the, the level of ability required to, get your foot in the doors real low in, in the sport that people go to to a certain extent, right? Like you can be really yeah. bad at weightlifting and you can definitely go and compete in weightlifting. Or like, I'm really bad at weightlifting. I could go and compete in it if I wanted to. Right. But like, like what am I like? There's certain things you can't do that with. There's lots of stuff. I'm just going to go jump into bobsleigh. Say, okay, well I'll see you in 10 years. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, See ya, buddy. This is going to be a great time. I'm going to go compete in pole vault. No, you're not. That's not going to happen. Um, you can go jump over a fence in your park, but you're not going. To, you're not going on the track with a pole. You get the hell out of there. Um, it's a hard. It's a hard. It's a hard thing to discuss. But I'm just kind of. It's just something that popped in my head is that idea of like what people go to. And I think Tom's right. The barrier of entry is generally quite low, and that doesn't take anything away from how high the ability in that sport can be. It just means that it's scalable, really scalable. Yeah, and I mean, if it's something that you don't have a lot of competency in, you're going to see improvements drastically right off the hop, right? Which is super exciting and engaging. It's going to motivate you to keep doing it. Yeah. Right? Um, whereas, like, if you feel like you've kind of reached a threshold or your progress has slowed, <clears throat> like, for the hockey example, like, your progress is going to be super slow and you're going to get frustrated and you're probably not going to continue to do it. And now you're just, you're not, you're not doing anything. 
maybe switch from CrossFit to running. You're like, I'm really bad at running. And then a month later, you're like, Hey, I'm not that bad at running or like a little less bad. And then two months later, you're like, I'm actually getting okay at this. And then you can see those tangible results much more quickly. It's going to keep you more motivated to keep doing it. Uh, the big one would be comparing yourself to yourself. Cause if you go out and play hockey, you're going to get stomped. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you look at a bunch of 40 year old dudes playing at a Timbits level. Like, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true too. You're you're just comparing yourself to yourself is a good point. Again, I think it's just that's a hard that's a hard conversation to have. It's just difficult to tweeze out unless we spent more time trying to prep that. That's a diff, that's a difficult thing to to really make clear. Um, the next thing being uh, the training aspect. So, the training for these uh, training for CrossFit versus train again just training for CrossFit versus training for uh, road biking uh, or training for CrossFit versus training for running. So the idea being, um, and if I can speak for myself, is that, and I think the, the, the best example is probably, the best example is probably the weightlifting one that was given to us that um, if you add one, one kilogram to your total, you objectively know that you, you are now a better weightlifter. You are because you've hit, because that's the movement you compete in. This is what you compete in, snatch, clean, and jerk. Um, and then like, and so if you can lift more, you're like, I'm a better weightlifter now. I know I am because this is what I'm competing in. I know my body weight. This is kind of where I'll be competing at. I'm a better weightlifter. Now that's different than going out and actually performing those lifts um, on the platform, but it's a very objective measure. And similar to myself, if I run, if my goal is to run a half marathon at a certain time and in training, I do it or I do near it, I know I'm a better runner. It's that simple. Like I'm like, I can run all these distances better than I could before. I'm better at what I'm aiming to be better at. Okay. Whereas in CrossFit, anybody knows this, that does not equate always. (laughs) There's lots of times where um, like all the metrics in terms of, you know, people are better at, at, at all, almost all the metrics you would test on. Um, But if they're better at all the metrics, then you can kind of just say, well, your metrics suck. But to a certain extent, there's lots of things people can get better at, but they're not getting any better at the sport. Um, or you have what this one person said, I know I was getting, like, it's hard to actually track my progress within CrossFit because the one idea is you don't know what you're competing in. Right. But that's also the real draw to it as well. for a lot of people. You don't know what you're going to compete in. So I'll just, I'll just say to Tom, like Tom, isn't that what, something you would say is a really big draw for you is no, the idea of knowing that uh, you're not sure what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, that was why I started CrossFit, just because I liked the idea of variety. I used to play basketball, and then I just did some bodybuilding afterwards, but I went into uh, CrossFit because I was like, there's, I like the idea of being able to do all these skills, etc. But I think um, one of the other points is that, you know, when people first start out in CrossFit, there's all these movements that they have to master. And that's kind of how a way they track their progress when they first start. It's like, okay, I've got handstand push-ups now i've got them strict now i have bar muscle-ups now i have ring muscle-ups whereas like when you go into how you were mentioning with like weightlifting you improve by one kilo or in your 5k time you improve by 30 seconds you know those are much different metrics in the way that you can judge it and then in crossfit as an athlete and as like talking to fellow athletes there's a lot of times in the season especially in the off season where you're like I really don't know if I'm getting better. I feel like I'm getting worse. I have these squat percentages feel really hard to hit. I don't know why, blah, blah, blah. 
And then all of a sudden competition comes around and you're like, Oh, I guess I did get better because I placed better, et cetera. But, um, you don't always know that in the process yeah. of getting to that competition. Yeah. I would, so like with the single modality sports, if you're training, it's better. It's much closer in distance to you actually being better in the sport you're going to compete in. In CrossFit, right. the distance between your training performances and your competitive performances would probably would be more, would, I would just on average be more separate. Right. Um, there's a lot, it's a lot, it's a, it's a totally different thing. And that, that uncertainty can, could bother a lot of people, right? Just being like, I don't know if I'm getting any better at this. I have no idea. Um, which is always why it's, you got to understand why you're doing it in the first place. Okay. So the next part related to the training, um, is the training, uh, uh, I guess the, the variety, the, sorry, the, the variation in intensity, um, so again, we'll go back to one of the comments by one of the people was that um, the way I have my training set up right now is that most weekday runs are slow and easy. I just get my stuff together. I start and I'm done in an hour, hour and a half. It feels more therapeutic than anything. And I can obviously speak to that because uh, after this podcast, I'm going to run for uh, 90 to 90 minutes, two hours. And there's no form of anxiety in me whatsoever. I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to like literally running and just relaxing and doing it. Um, as opposed to, and it's, I think where, where people can, um, where people can do it really poorly is that if you're involved in CrossFit and you're constantly getting mangled and to a point where you have anxiety to do any form of training all the time, that's a big problem. Um, there should be points in your training where you're just going to go do it. Um, and it's not to say there's no anxiety because it's totally different than running, but it's the idea that you shouldn't be always worried. Like you should be able to just show up and do it and be okay with it. I mean, like, this is going to be fun. I'm not, I, I like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm being judged today. I don't feel like I'm going to have to dig down deep into my soul and make this happen. Like, because if you have to do that all the time, that can become problematic. So let's just start with that. I think like the frequency of intensity in a single modality sport in order to improve is probably less, a lot less than, and you can speak to that more than anyone else, but is a lot less than the frequency of intensity to improve in CrossFit, right? So you're probably going to have more time at intensity in CrossFit to improve. Um, and then the, the degree of intensity in between those like intense days is probably pretty small compared to say running. For example, you're probably going to run hard once depending how many days a week you're training, but once every three or four runs potentially or four or five runs and then the intensity on the days where you're not trying really hard the intensity level is really low so then one you're you're not you don't have this accumulated stress on your body all the time even though you're accumulating a lot of miles and two like you said you don't have that heightened anxiety all the time right so it makes it easier to achieve those intensities when it's when it's required yeah. for something like running so like just as a, um, as a, as a quick parallel, like the idea from Steven Seiler and lots of people with the polarized training method, the paradox in CrossFit is that you can't, you won't get good at CrossFit by doing it like that. Um, but that is really how a lot of endurance athletes get good at, get at endurance training is a lot of endurance athletes success, successfully employ the, uh, the polarized method being like a lot, most of your training is not hard. It's pretty easy. And parts of your training are really hard and really difficult. Um, but with CrossFit, it, it, it won't, it really won't work like that. And I think it's the, which we can explore in another episode, but I think one of the main problems with that is just the fact that there's so many modalities to engage in 
and there's so many different things to do. Um, the real adaptation is not in, in the, which leads us into the next point. Uh, the intensity ranges within CrossFit. So like, um, so the intensity ranges of, of something like biking is where you can go from having very low intensity. Um, it's like, if you're not having, a, if you're feeling beat up, you literally just go out, sit on a bike, do your thing, just pedal around wherever you're going. And you're like, this is nice. I'm just riding. This is easy. I can really tone it down. And I'm still engaging in the activity I want to get better at. And you're still getting better. Yeah. And you're still getting better. Um, because you're just going to, you're like, I can focus on something else. I can refine this part. I can figure out like what, uh, this other person was mentioning, but I can change my seat heights. Let's try the pressures like this. And I can just, you know, just do it. Uh, similar with running to a different extent. Obviously you still have to beat the hell out of your legs sort of cause you're landing all the time, but you can go out and just tone it down. Um, but with CrossFit, it's not, that's, it's not the same. It just isn't. Um, cause like, you know, are you going to go and use zero pound wall balls? Are you going to go and use three pound kettlebells? Uh, are you going to go and use like a, like a skipping rope made of nothing? Um, are you going to go do one inch box jumps like that type of stuff? So it reminds me of that, that certain someone that said in CrossFit, like, can you recover from thrusters by doing light thrusters? <laughs> well, I'm sure some people can, but the idea of using light thrusters as a way to recover from thrusters is a bit weird. I can understand the thought process, but I don't really see it in practice. Um, but it's just that idea of that, like all these other modalities, you can take the intensity very high as in your competition and you're go given everything you have in your body to make it happen, or you can really tone it down. Whereas in CrossFit, I just don't see that as being as a thing. And, and if people are going to tone it down, they gravitate to those modalities, right? They gravitate out of CrossFit into those modalities. I'm going to tone it down today. So what do they do? They use modalities that have large intensity ranges available to them. So they go, I'm going to go to basically non-eccentric um, movements where I'm not really supporting my body weight so more so, or if I am, it's running. Uh, and I'm going to tone it down and go slow today. Right. Like not people go, I'm just going to, I just go in and I'm going to, I'm just going to move today. So I did 400 light wall balls. You're like that wasn't just moving. Uh, and everyone knows that even though they might not be able to explain it to you, but they, they know that. Um, and the last point, which I'll touch on here is the, the idea that it's natural. Uh, less so with weightlifting. If you're moving out of a sport like CrossFit, really high intensity, high damage, you're moving into endurance sports per se. That's a natural progression for your human body to move out of speed power to move into endurance. That's how your body advances and what happens when it advances in age. That's how things change. It's a much more natural transition to go from strength and power into endurance focus for athletes if they want to still be competitive than it is to go from power and then go back to power events at a 60-year-old age. Um, you can do it. There's nothing saying you can't, but it's not, it's not in keeping with how your body ages and the natural progression of aging. I think the, the weightlifters, the ones that go from CrossFit to weightlifting are doing it while they have the before they, they do that natural progression to endurance. They're like, yeah. I only have a, a limited window. I got to go. I have to be specific right yeah. now. And what's the window for biking until you die? Thanks for tuning in. If you like the episode and know someone else that will, please share it with them as it helps to grow our reach. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review wherever you listen. For questions about topics covered on the show or topics we haven't covered yet, send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. We do read the emails and have some topics that were submitted by listeners and we plan to cover them in the near future. 
You can follow at optimum underscore performance underscore training on Instagram to find out when new episodes are available. And last but not least, if you guys are in Calgary, come by and check out the gym. We offer individual design as well as personal training for those close by. If you live far, head over to OptimumPerformanceCalgary.com to get information on remote coaching and athlete camps. Catch you guys in two weeks.